When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, rolling along. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Pineapple Jack and his beard are here with us. Hembo, hashtag crew, all ready to go. I don't want to take up a lot of time with this because we have some interesting stuff, but it is sort of peripherally sports related. And I made a note to myself when I woke up this morning that I wanted to just mention it because it's so weird. If anyone can actually, I'm so glad I thought of this. Bubba, many of you may not know this. But Bubba, before his now legendary run in radio production, uh, Bubba was a, a an internationally renowned psychotherapist and wrote many books on interpretation of dreams. So if anyone knows, and, and they're, they're all, he published them under a pseudonym, which is why you won't find them <laughs> under his name, and he doesn't like to let people know what they are. But, but, but take it from me, he's very learned in the area of... Um, of, of a dream interpretation. And so, Bubba, I'll be curious to hear what you think this dream means. So I, last night, while I was asleep, I had an incredibly vivid dream in which Wayne Gretzky bought the Jets and gave me 10% of the team and told me that I could have a role in running the operation and I chose community relations and I left ESPN and I was working in the front office in an executive capacity for the New York Jets under the ownership of Wayne Gretzky. Now, I swear to you on my children's lives that this was my dream last night. I have no idea where it came from. I was not having a conversation about Wayne Gretzky Yesterday, at any point, Stace and I had a very normal dinner. We watched episode two of Fool Me Once, the new Harlan Coben on Netflix. If Don't tell me what happens the rest of the way. It's awesome. I'm reading a book. It's a sort of a thriller in bed, and I turned off the light, and I went to sleep. So nothing out of the ordinary, and yet I had a dream that Wayne Gretzky bought the Jets, and I left ESPN to go work for him. Bubba, what is your interpretation of that dream? Well... They don't call him the great one for nothing. <laughs> so clearly this means great things are going to be happening in the future for the Jets. For the Jets. Ooh, wow. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking great things for the Jets. But I don't think it's you who's going to be there. It's going to be the other Mike Greenberg. <laughs> wow. The other Mike Greenberg is going to be taking over for the Jets. And he's going to lead them to the promised land. And he will be called... The great one. The personnel executive, Mike Greenberg, currently in Tampa. Yep. So you think that in the dream, maybe Wayne Gretzky mistook me for the other Mike Greenberg. Right. But but the truth of it is, is what it is, is a foreshadowing right. of Mike Greenberg becoming probably not the director of community relations for the Jets, <laughs> but a general manager right. he'll, under he'll the ownership. He'll take over the team I yeah. think and Jack, lead them to the promised land. Bearded Pineapple Jack, what do you think of this? I mean, that's why Bubba is world-renowned. That's a great observation based off of that. My question is, 
what happens to the hashtag crew and, and me in this world? That's your first question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming yeah. off of the interpretive dream there, the, yeah. their first question is that... The, well, the, do you bring us with you? I guess the point is... You took that to mean I'm about to go leave and work for the New York Jets? <laughs> well, there's always stuff that needs printed. So. It, it is a dream. It's, yeah. it, it seems unlikely to happen. I mean, I guess, you know, stranger things have happened, though none that jump immediately to mind. I'm, I'm laughing at the idea of someone doing an ESPN report. They're like, Wayne Gretzky has uh, bust the Jets, but everyone's wondering, what's going to happen to Jack? <laughs> what's going to happen to the community relations guy? <laughs> you can come uh, work for me in my community relations department. Just make sure you're printing stuff. I will require yeah, someone printing. to print up all my <laughs> speeches. <laughs> okay, well played. Greeny with you. We're live at the Seaport. We're brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. That actually happened. Like, does that ever happen to you? Do you wake up and you have a dream and your first thought is, wow, that was weird. Like, yeah. I've had many dreams. Sometimes you forget what it was. Sometimes, like, the most common thing I have is that I wake up and I'm very relieved. Like, you're like, oh, thank God that didn't really happen. You sort of remind yourself everything is well. Your family is safe. Whatever, you know, from a frightening dream. Every now in a long while, I wake up and I think, that was one weird freaking ride I had while sleeping last night. And that was that. It's probably not that that uncommon for you to dream about the Jets. I'm guessing it happens on occasion. But not the, that much. But I mean, I guess sometimes. I guess that's more explicable. The Wayne Gretzky of it all is weird. Yeah. Very weird. How, did it, how was it Gretzky? It we was unquestionably Gretzky. We weren't doing any book stuff yesterday. There was no Gretzky. We, I don't think he came up on the show at he any He was point. never identified as Wayne Gretzky in the dream. It just I could just tell it was his face. Like, oh, he God. was the owner of the Jets, and it was unquestionably Wayne Gretzky. But how did you know that he was the owner? Because he was offering me a job working for him. And I was, I mean, in the dream, I left ESPN and was working there. Was Woody Johnson in the dream at all? No. So, but, but you can't say for sure that Woody Johnson didn't hire Wayne Gretzky. I can say that Wayne Gretzky was the owner of the Jets. You can for sure. For sure, in the dream. No doubt about it. I don't know about Wayne Gretzky, but you have obviously been talking about being the MLB commissioner. So you, you mm. have mm. ideas of front office you know, executive roles in your mind. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's entertaining the idea of leaving work. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's have a little fun. If you could have any job in sports, any job in sports, what would you be? But uh, Hembo, I'll start. What if you could have any actual job, not an owner, because that that anyone would say that because that would involve I would have billions and billions of dollars, but an actual job that someone hires you to do, what would the job be? I would play shortstop for the Phillies. That's the dream job. Is that, does that count? Can someone hire me? To yes, do that? I hadn't thought of being a player, but okay. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I guess that's true. Do, sure, do, that would I be mean, nice. That's, I mean, that's just as unlikely as, as almost anything else, I would say. No, it's not. Your, your, your chances of being almost anything are much better than your chances of being the shortstop for the Philadelphia Phillies. That was a good ball player. Uh, yeah, I heard he had pretty but good hands But you're like a 31. You're, how old are you? 33. Okay, so you're not going to be the shortstop of the Phillies. I'm sorry to break this to you. Give me something that I could be. The general manager of the Phillies? The general manager. The That's a commissioner hard of job baseball. to get. It's not as hard to get as being the shortstop. You think I'm likelier to be the commissioner of baseball than the shortstop of the Phillies? Yes. Oh, you're out of your mind. I think you are infinitely likelier to be the commissioner of baseball Jack, than help you me are. out here. Why is that even a question? You love baseball. You know a lot about baseball. You're 33. You're not going to play in the MLB. It's obviously more. If I committed my likely. life right now to being a ball player and going, you're back, 33. Yeah. I'm a young man. You I'm not saying you're chance. not, but in the MLB, you're very old. You have a better chance of training to run as fast as you can and winning the Preakness. <laughs> 
than you have of playing shortstop for the Philadelphia Phillies. I think I have no chance of Not being... as a jockey. <laughs> oh. I mean outrunning the horses. <laughs> oh, as the horse. <laughs> you have a better chance of that than you have of playing shortstop for the Phillies. I think both are not happening. But, look, you asked me for my dream job, and I gave it to Jack, you. Jack, if you could have any job in sports, what would it be? Well, I mean, not him, but Blake Snell can't even get a contract, so I don't, I don't think you will be. Fair enough. No, I would be Mike Breen. Mike Breen, the yeah. voice of the Knicks, and yeah. the voice of, of, of the NBA yeah, on NBA ABC Finals and ESPN. My thought, yeah. That's an XC. That's a much better one. Uh, and, and I don't think you have to just be well, him. It's not much you, better. You, my answer and his answer can be whatever no, they want he to He has be. an actual, well... Let me say this. <laughs> uh, no, no, you've got a chance at that. You've got a ch- well, Thank you. There's a much better chance that someday we hear the words, Good evening, I'm Pineapple Jack, and welcome to ABC's coverage <laughs> of Game 1 of the NBA Finals than we have of Hembo being the shortstop of the Phillies. He's still going to be doing he- games with Hubie at that point, too. <laughs> Bubba, well- <laughs> <laughs> I heard Hubie, he was doing a game this weekend. He sounds great. He sounds great. awesome. He's still so good. I looked it up. He is 90. I can't believe I was wondering, uh, Exactly. He is 90. God bless you, Hubie. We love you. And he's going to be doing games with Jack when he's 115. I hope so. <laughs> I want Hubie doing games as long as as can, as can long as there are games. He's the best. I want Hubie. Now, listen. <laughs> now, now, you're Portland. You got 22 seconds left plus the 20. You got, you got 22 seconds left. You have two timeouts plus the 20. And you happen to have one of the great players in the history of this league of getting into the painted area, especially in a West Coast city on a Wednesday night. And then he laughs at something only he thinks is funny. I, 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 there's nothing I he love more than you. Oscar Hubie. Robertson, and he's going to call games with Jack. <laughs> what a spectrum. <laughs> no, he literally coached Oscar Robertson. I mean that. <laughs> he did. He was on the staff in Milwaukee when, when Lou Alcindor won the NBA championship. Maybe he was, maybe he was an assistant coach on that. That team. Maybe there's hope for you. Hembo, he was seventy. It's hundred percent true. You know what he was before that? He was a high school teacher. What do you mean before that? <laughs> was I mean, there a before that in the 1950s? <laughs> Hubie, he's ninety years old. He was a teacher in in high school. He was a high school coach and a teacher. I remember once asking Hubie, and Mike and Mike, we used to do things like this. I asked Hubie, "What's your favorite movie?" Like questions that no one would ever think to ask of John Gruden or Hubie Brown or people like that. And we had four hours to kill. So I asked him that question and he said, what was the movie where Morgan Freeman plays a high school principal? Um, no, Shawshank Redemption? No, no, no. He no, get him. out of here. I just knew a Morgan Freeman movie. I wanted to chime in. Uh, it's closer than I expected you to get. No, it was a, well, it was a <laughs> lean on me, lean on me. And he said that was his favorite movie. And he went into a lengthy explanation about how he had been. He was a high school teacher in New Jersey in the 50s. And that that, you know, that was always important to him. And and that the depiction of it in that movie was really special and meaningful to him. And and he gave like a really good, insightful, outstanding answer. But I'm just picturing like walking into a classroom and Hubie Brown is your teacher. Like, I mean, he would have been much younger then and all that kind of thing. Okay. First, can, can we just talk about the opposite of insightful answers was Hembo saying Shawshank Redemption? For, I know. For Morgan Freeman. I, I'm giving him credit for getting a Morgan Freeman movie. Uh, he, I guess. He named a movie. I think we actually, the low fact bar. that he named it's a, a movie bar. that has Morgan Freeman in it, Impressive. I think is a, a step in the right direction. I guess. We're so I there. guess we're getting better. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption, Hembo? No. 
Oh, I mean, based on that movie. answer, I can't imagine he has. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, love, I loved it with Morgan Freeman in it. I loved his high school principal in uh, Shawshank That's exactly right. I'd like to think that if you had seen Shawshank Redemption, you wouldn't have thought that he played a high school principal in it. I can't help you here. Wow. You've never seen a movie with Morgan Freeman in it. Name one. Name a good one. Shawshank Redemption is one of the ten best movies ever made. Says who? Everyone. Okay. Seven. Says Planet Earth. Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy. Batman. Never heard of it. I've heard of Batman, but I've never never heard of Driving Miss Daisy. It won the Oscar for Best Picture. What year? Like. I don't know, not that long ago. 89. You know things about, like, Hannibal, about the sports general. things and about historical things, not about frivolous things. Morgan Freeman is historical. Bubba, Million what? Dollar Baby, he won the mm. Academy Award When Frank Caliendo does his Morgan Freeman imitation, do you get it? I get why people get it. <laughs> how? If you don't know what he talks like, then I how do you I know what he talks like because I hear it? him in commercials, but I don't know any of his movies. But I know he's a movie guy. A, <laughs> movie, a, a guy. movie guy. He's only one of the greatest he's actors not of all time. Roger Ebert. He's, he's you know like that movie most, guy, Morgan Freeman. He's one of the most decorated actors that ever lived. I, I'm aware of that. I just haven't seen his work. Bubba, if you could have any job in sports, let me guess what Bubba's going to say. Would you? He's either going to be the manager or the general manager of the Mets. I'm not sure which one he's going to choose. Or something Cowboys. What do you think about the no, Cowboys? No, I think he's going to go Mets. I think, I think Bubba's first love, he loves the Cowboys, he loves Duke basketball. I think Bubba's first love is the Mets. And I think he would, he would either want to be their GM or their manager. I'm not sure which one he's going to pick. Am I right? Uh, yeah, close. Uh, I don't want. I don't want that type of pressure, though. So I'm actually going to go with a working beneath Steve Cohen as one of the senior vice presidents, kind of made up title, though. So like George Costanza, you'd yeah, be like I mean, the assistant to the traveling secretary so, of but, the New but York. But higher Mets. than that. So I'm looking. You know, right, right now, like John Rico, right now is senior vice president. A senior strategy officer. So I, you know, give me something like that. That's so that's a guy smart. that just tells him, "Don't tweet that." So you know, I want to I want to be in the meetings with Steve Cohen. So I don't want to be I don't want to be sitting there day to day doing the all the day to day stuff and then getting fired after two years. I want to be there day in and day out in the meetings with Steve, but also with great job security. Cam, yeah, if it's not uh, you know, whenever Merrill Reese decides to hang him up, replacing him as the Eagles play-by-play voice would be nice. But uh, working on the Kelsey Brothers podcast in some capacity would be cool. But I don't know. I'm you happy. just used this opportunity. I'm happy to where I am for a job you could get. If you had said, if I had said this job, you would have been like, "Oh, that's boring." But this, you know, this would be up there. So I'm what happy job? where I am. What are you talking the about? The job I have right now. It's a pretty good one. If you could have any job in the entire world of sports, you would want to sit there and be made fun of daily. (laughs) I could go without that, but I said Kelsey, and you were like, oh, well, that's something that could happen. What do you want that for? By the way, let's see if you can identify this voice. And there it was. The Cleveland Browns had decided that Brian Hoyer would be their starting quarterback. Trouble is, they have a young man named Johnny Football sitting in the wings. Ready to Instagram this and Twitter that. Maybe even flip a bird from time to time. And why would they want to be a superstar in Cleveland anyway? Not like that's worked out in the past. Or has it? Here's my suggestion, Sonny. Sit down and write yourself an essay. That seems to work best. Do you know who that is? That's Caliendo. <laughs> yes. Well done. Do you know whose voice he's doing? I, I'm assuming, based on our conversation, that he's doing Morgan Freeman. Okay. Well, we're taking a step in the right direction. <laughs> Trivia. All right, I'm looking at um, NCAA tournament stuff here, and there's a player who owns the NCAA tournament record for both 30-point games and double-doubles. The same player owns both of those records. You're going to give me that player. 
Only in NCAA tournament games. NCAA tournament games, only the player with the most 30-point games is the same player with the most double-doubles, and you're going to give me that player. I think I'm, I actually think I'm going to get it. Next, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Earlier on Greeny. 112 teams, the top 16 teams, receive a bye. Not only does the conference tournament champion get in, if you get to a major conference tournament final, you get in. You have a first round of 96 basketball teams. You're going to play 24 games on Tuesday, and you're going to play 24 games on Wednesday, the round of 64, Thursday and Friday. This is Greeny. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bunch of things are about to happen. Jay Billis, I am told, is there and ready to go, which is awesome, right? Yes, we have Bilas? Yes. Okay, terrific. So, I, 30 seconds for Granger, then we'll let Billis play along with the trivia, because I think he'll enjoy this, and then we're going to let Jay decide if Hembo is profoundly stupid. <laughs> Hembo came up with... An idea of expanding the NCAA tournament. Jay, like I, don't like the idea of expansion at all. Hembo bounced the idea off me yesterday. It wasn't as awful as I was expecting it to be, so I needed to bring in the bigger guns. I need to bring in someone who is better about this, smarter about this than I am, so Billis will have at it. After this word from Granger, for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, very quickly, good morning, Jay Billis, and thank you very much for being there with us this morning. How are you? 
I'm doing great, Greeny. How you doing? Good. Hembo does this trivia. Before we dive into this, if you'd like to play along, you're welcome to. Here's the question. The question is this. The, the same player owns the NCAA tournament record for most double-doubles and most 30-point games. Who is that player? So here's my thinking, Jay. Like, guys like Alcindor and Walton, they were, they were only allowed to play in the tournament for three years, and the tournament was fewer games. So someone like Leitner, who played in the tournament all four years and made it to the Final Fours and all that kind of stuff, but how many 30-point games would he have had? Just I don't think very many. He might have had a lot of double-doubles. But I'm thinking it's got to be one of the obvious two. Do you think, Jay, is there someone I'm forgetting? I don't know the answer to that one. I don't, I don't really count double-doubles that often. Um, I know Armando Baycott had an amazing tournament last year where he's the first player ever to have a double-double in every tournament game, in six straight tournament games. But I, I would say Leitner, just because he played in more games uh, than just about anybody, uh, because of the reasons you stated, you know, the Alcindor and Walton and those guys, they had four games to play to win a championship, so it's a lot different. All right, so so we'll go with one Leitner. Bubba and Cam, who you got? I'm going with Alcindor. Uh, I'm going with, yeah, Leitner. I don't know. I, well, I'm, you're a Duke guy, so yeah, you're going to go with Leitner. Sticking with the Leitner logic there. And since he guessed Alcindor, I'll guess Walton. And so we got we got all the bases covered. Let's hear it. The right answer is Elvin Hayes. Ooh. I thought oh, you might think the big of Elvin e. Hayes having had so many deep runs, but he had 12 12 double-doubles and seven 30-point games. Yeah, look, and, and, and that team was the one that stopped the UCLA winning streak in the regular season, if I remember correctly. So a lot of good stuff there. All right, well done. Normally we spend a little more time on the trivia, but we wanted about – so, Jay, here we go. We're going to allow you – you are a lawyer in this case. We're going to allow you to be a judge. You, you were talking on College Game Day on Saturday. I was watching. Jay Williams was bringing up the possibility of expansion of the tournament. And you said, exactly as I would have said, that is a profoundly stupid thing to do. Yesterday on this show, Hembo presented an idea of expanding the tournament farther. I want you to hear him lay it out for you, and then you be the judge. Go ahead, Hembo. So here's the the upshot, Jay. We're going to expand the tournament field from 68 teams to 112 teams. Here's the most important thing. The top 16 teams in America, so four per region, are going to receive a first-round bye. What that leaves us with in the first round is 96 teams. Obviously, those teams will play, let's say, on Tuesday and Wednesday. And from there, we'll go from 96 to 48, naturally. We have 16 buys waiting, so 48 teams that we've got through round one. Plus the 16 buys gets us to the field of 64. We'll start that round on, on Thursday, exactly like we do now. So what I've effectively done is slightly more than doubled the at-large field, given us a really juiced up, you know, first four, if you will, going to, to first 96 and starting the tournament that way. So it goes from being sort of a four-day event to a full week, a six-day event Tuesday through Saturday. So that is the, the, the elevator pitch for my expansion idea. So without anyone else, Jay, right off the top of your head, what's your reaction? If you decide to go to 96 teams, that's a very good system to do it. And I would say that, that if you are going to go on the Titanic, it is a great, it, it's a great idea to take a life preserver. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty good response. Would you care to expand on, on, on further reasons why you just don't like the concept? I don't like the idea, Greeny, of one, 
people saying or believing that access to the tournament is somehow denied to teams now. It's not. This is a gigantic tournament relative to the amount of qualified teams to compete for a national championship. Uh, we have gotten to this area where it, it, we talk more toward the end of the season about who's going to get in and who's not of, of teams that really have no chance to win the, the championship rather than teams that are good enough to win the championship. So that's one. The other thing is the tournament selection, not selection, but, but tournament entry, there's, there's no, nothing that is fairer than that. Uh, every team has the exact same chance to get into the tournament by winning their automatic bid. And they do that against, against their peers, against teams they chose to be with in a conference. So every conference has an automatic bid to the tournament and clear entry to the tournament. And they can hand that conference can hand out that automatic bid however they like. They can have the regular season champion take it. They can do a tournament, which, which most, if not all, do. Uh, and they, they can play tiddlywinks. They can have a raffle. They can do whatever <laughs> they want. Then after that, they take the 34 or so best teams to make the field. How much, how much fairer can it be than that? It can't be. And we're just throwing banana peels in the way of the better teams it, 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 because somebody is saying, well, wait a minute. We could do the same thing Fairleigh Dickinson did last year. We can pull an upset. Um, I just don't think that's a good enough reason to expand the tournament. Uh, reasonable minds can differ if other people, but we could also do this. We could also take, we could also swap the, the bottom teams in every conference for the top teams in another conference and let them play in the same conference tournament and see how they do. We'll see how the, the Missouri Valley conference does if they swap teams with the, uh, the big 12, wouldn't that be exciting and fun? We can do a whole bunch of things, but at the end of this, I think people tend to forget that this isn't an access tournament. This is the national championship event, and uh, and I think it should be kind of difficult to get in because um, we could also say, hey, let's just do it the way the Indiana high school basketball tournament does it. We'll let everybody in, and we'll just kind of devalue everything that happened before. I think there's a there's a happy medium between what baseball used to do where you win the pennant or you're out. Uh, and now they have the wild card and all that stuff. And, and everybody that doesn't fall down after they tie their shoes gets in the tournament. I, I just don't think that's a good way of doing it. Here's how I would respond to the, to the banana peel comment, which I think is a very, that is a standard opinion and mine is a non-standard opinion. I acknowledge that. However, I think the, the, the 16 buys that I have created here does a couple things. First, it's going to juice the regular season in a way that we're all going to very much care and track who the top 16 teams are. Because if you wind up as one of those top 16 teams, you are effectively netting one NCAA tournament win. Any coach, at least in theory, would sign up for that. And secondly, I actually think by adding the bye and adding a bunch of teams to the field, in this case 44, you're actually making it harder for those lightning-in-a-bottle teams to advance to the Sweet 16, Jay, because what you're going to have to do if you're a team seeded 17 through 112, seeded 5 through 23 in my format, is win three basketball games 
in six days, the latter two of which you are very likely to be the underdog in. So we are very much incentivizing you to, to go for broke, if you will, during the regular season to become a top 16 team, a top four seed, to be able to capture that buy. And we are also making it more difficult for teams below that line, teams 17 through 112, teams that are not the traditional powers in the NCAA tournament, to make their run. What say you? I, I think I could make a compelling argument that reducing the tournament, the size of the tournament, would make things more compelling during the regular season. Hmm. I think ultimately where this comes out is you really like cheese. And I, I, I'm one of those weirdos. I don't like cheese. Hmm. So we can discuss it all we want to. You're still going to like cheese. I'm not going to like cheese. And somebody else decides whether we have a cheese tray before dinner. And I don't, I don't know how we get past that. Um, we're certain, I'm, I'm not going to agree to this one. I don't care for it, but I'm not making the decision, nor are you. But I think it's a fantastic idea if we do it. But the if is the big thing. I, I just don't think it's, a, it's the right way to go. But, uh, but reason, I think reasonable minds can differ on that. This is a matter of taste. Hmm. Not not anything else. I don't like cheese either, to be completely honest with you. And I know that that puts Jay and I on an island very quickly for anyone. But who doesn't, be, but, but but that yeah. one, Greeny, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, that is the most that has been the most interesting thing uh, in my personal life. When I say that I don't like cheese, people want to argue with me. Like, how can you not like cheese? Like, are you sure? Like, oh, come on, you like cheese. And I'm going, how do I get myself out of this? Like, I don't like cheese. Is that okay with you? Like, how does that affect your life negatively? It, that I don't like more cheese means you get more cheese. Like, you should like that. Do you not like any cheese? I, I can I can tolerate it melted. And if it's re- like, I, I can't, if somebody put a gun to my head and said, uh, eat this um, cube of cheddar cheese or I'll pull the trigger. I go, just don't waste any time. Just pull it out. <laughs> but pizza, do you not like pizza? I can handle pizza as long as it's not one of those four cheese deals where right. it's it's uh, a, a difficult cheese for me to handle. I can, if it's melted, I can handle it. It's not, I would never eat a grilled cheese sandwich, um, stuff like that. I'm just a weirdo that way. I don't know. But, but it turns weird. out there are support groups. There are support groups out there for people who don't like cheese because of how much crap we take from the cheese eaters. I don't like cheese either. And for me, it's the odor. So I I don't mind the cheeses that don't have an odor, which is why pizza doesn't bother me, but I can't handle a lot of other things. Let's move past the cheese briefly if we can. For anyone who's wondering what teams would get in, because Jay, as you, I think you were acknowledging that while you don't like the idea it's actually well thought out and, and, yes. and, and oh, sensible. Absolutely. And that, that was where I found myself yesterday. And so as we went through it, just for the audience who's just hearing this for the first time, the teams that will get in to these new spots, I'm just, I just pulled up the Ken Palm ratings for right now, just for lack of a better – the teams that would be getting in right now would be – it wouldn't be from all the small conferences. It, it, it wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be those teams. It would be spots for schools like Northwestern Maryland um, – Iowa, Utah, Xavier. These are the teams that are in the 40s and the, the 50s. The next best 44 the teams. The next is best 44 it. teams who are almost all going to be, we would think, from power conferences. The majority of which would be. If yeah. someone is choosing those in a committee or if we're using some computer to do it. Very quickly, Jay, while I have you, and we very much appreciate you doing this, um, the big topic of the weekend was the court storming stuff. And 
it was a, a really good topic for us Monday on the show and and uh, and all of that. And and for those who did not get a chance to hear your take on it, you were I thought you were absolutely tremendous on it throughout the the weekend and and all of those conversations. But where do you think that goes? I mean, do, do you do you think we are live in a world where they are going to ban to eliminate court storming from college basketball? Oh, no, no. And that's what I said three weeks ago. They're not going to do anything about it because they like the visual. They use it for marketing. They put up the pictures and all their materials. They, they, uh, I think the system really likes it and that's fine. Like I'm not out there saying ban court storming. My, my point was, was, uh, look, don't come back later on when something catastrophic happens and act surprised. I mean, it's a dangerous condition. It puts the players and the coaches and the officials in a bad spot uh, fans have been injured over the years, and some of them really, really badly. And uh, we, we just kind of move on and pretend like it's okay. And we had this stuff in Major League Baseball in the 70s and 80s and, and the NBA, and they stopped it, and fan interest doesn't, doesn't wane. It's not part of the game. And, and I believe this. Fans don't belong on the court or on the field, and players don't belong in the stands. I think that's a simple proposition. Uh, and I don't think reasonable people should be disagreeing with that. But if people like it, I'm not going to argue. It's kind of like the cheese thing. I mean, if you like it, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, but and the other thing I was saying, and people are saying like I'm some law and order guy, is just don't tell me that you can't stop it if you want to. Um, you know, administrators will tell you, well, there, there are uh, difficulties if we try to stop it with security and all that stuff. Okay, we'll let them on, but don't let them off, and you can give them citations for criminal trespass. Uh, they'd have to pay 100 bucks, and they'd get something on their record. It'd stop tomorrow if you wanted it to stop. They don't want it to stop. And now I'm hearing all these sort of middle ground things. Obviously, you know, that's to the extreme of if you want it to stop. But the middle ground things I heard from an AD the other day saying, here's what we should do. We should, uh, uh, if, if there's a court storming, uh, the home team forfeits the game. And you're like, that's the most NCAA thing ever. Punish the players for the transgressions of other people. Yeah. That's, what, that's a beauty. You know, it, it's just so, this, this thing is silly. If you like it, I'm not going to talk you out of it. But, but you know, the, the system is saying, we shouldn't be doing this. That's why they're putting fines out. And leagues have rules. They say it's wrong, but they really don't think it's wrong. And when South Carolina, I think they beat Kentucky earlier this year, they had a court storming. The president emeritus ran out on the court and put it out on his social media. And South mm-hmm. Carolina said, we're happy to pay this fine. This is fantastic. Uh, they, they don't want to stop it. And that's fine. You don't want to stop it. But when somebody gets hurt, all of them are going to act surprised. And uh, and that's that's what hypocrites look like. It's really well said. Whether I for anyone who agrees or disagrees, as was the case with Hembo, it's very hard to argue with the logic. Jay, you're the best. It's a pleasure, my friend. Hope all is well. We'll talk again soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you. All right, take care. That's Jay Billis with us here. My old buddy Bylas. Oh, I should have had him tell that story. The the, the Bylas. Well, I don't have time to do it now. But it's funny. Anyway, I started calling him Bylas and. For, for a long-standing reason, and, and um, yeah, he's just been a good friend for a long time. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll come back. Mel's got a mock. Much more to do in just a moment on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. You want as many teams interested as you can possibly get. Trading for fields is a more attractive option than almost any free agent signing that is going to exist in free agency. But once a team makes that move, they make that move, and you lose a contender for Fields. Assuming he's decided Fields is not going to be his quarterback. I think he can get all the information he needs this week, and I'd be surprised if Fields isn't traded by the end of the week. So that's what I said, uh, I think, yesterday, and I think I'm right, but there is a qualifier that Lewis Riddick brought up on TV today, which is if you are Ryan Poles, the general manager of the Bears, and you're, you have made up your mind that your first choice is to take Caleb Williams and trade Justin Fields, but your mind is open to the possibility of being thoroughly blown away. Forget about Washington and New England. Thoroughly blown away by, I'm making this up, the Giants Denver, some other court, Atlanta, some other quarterback needy team that is willing to trade you everything in the world plus $10. Your ability to make that trade depends in some part on keeping fields. Like, like um, in, our, in our pre-show meeting this morning, Hembo, you were on that call. Jeff Darlington and, and Lewis brought up a really interesting point, and I don't think we ever got it across on TV as well as I would have liked. But when Joe Burrow was coming out of college. Every team, not every, lots of teams were calling Cincinnati and offering them the sun, the moon, and the stars. And the Bengals wouldn't listen. They would not take the calls. They they never entertained the possibility of trading that pick. The difference is they didn't have a reasonable solution in their own building. The Bears having a reasonable solution, Justin Fields, which no, he won't be the worst quarterback situation any team in the league has this year, no matter where he is. There are way, 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 way worse positions you could be in than having Justin Fields. In fact, that's, that's probably diminishing him. What I'm saying is, once you trade him away, you now are in a position where you have to get a quarterback in the draft. You, you, you have to draft one somewhere. So if you're going to trade out of one, you've basically limited yourself to two places you could trade to. You can either trade to Washington or New England, but not anything else. If you keep Fields, 
for however long this takes, the entire league, in theory, remains in play. I think the date by which you need to make this decision is March 11th. March 11th is the day that legal tampering in the NFL, for lack of a better term, begins. And that's the day that Ryan Poles begins to lose his leverage. Because that's the day that quarterback needy teams can start to contact free agent quarterbacks, including Kirk Cousins, who's probably going to be the apple of the eye of as many as half a dozen teams, if, if I'm looking at the teams that need one. That's when he starts to lose his leverage. So I'm not saying that you need to make a decision on who you're drafting necessarily by then, obviously. But by March 11th, you need to have decided a yes or no on Justin Fields for the purposes of your leverage. Agree or disagree? Yeah, that's what I've been saying. And I'm trying to make up my mind now if I'm right or wrong about that. So let's live in a world. How many teams do we think are probably going to be interested in trading for Justin Fields, which is a lot less expensive than trading for the first pick in the draft? We, we keep talking about Atlanta and Pittsburgh. Do we want to say a half dozen other teams are probably a half dozen or fewer? Interested? Yeah, half dozen or fewer. Or fewer. I don't think there are more than six teams interested in trading for Justin Fields, but I think f- five or six would make sense. Okay, five or six. One of them gets Kirk Cousins. Now what? Where do the other ones go? Like, why do they lose interest in Justin Fields on, in, 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 you know, the week before the draft if they can still get him because they've signed who? The point is there's one, at least one fewer team. Right now, you have the NFL world in your hand, as you put it today on Get Up. Right. That, to me, is a meaningful difference because Kirk Cousins is a better win-now quarterback than Justin Fields. But aren't you more interested, or at least interested enough, to know what Sean Payton might be able to talk ownership in Denver into being willing to trade to go up all the way up to number one and you find (laughs) out later in the process. I'm just making that up. That's the Giants, whoever. Put in anyone you want. Someone is just in love with, with, even if it's Washington. But if it's Washington, you can still take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I'm trying to take it out of that. Um, so who else is up there? I mean, the Chargers. Atlanta, the Giants. Charge, Atlanta, the Giants. The, the potentially Steelers Minnesota. If, they, if Kirk Cousins moves on, don't be surprised if Minnesota okay. is active there. So aren't you, now the Bears are probably not going to trade the first pick in the draft to Minnesota. But, um, but, but, but do you understand the point I'm making? I understand the point you you're making. You leave all these other teams in play if you don't need a quarterback, too. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a, there's a non-zero chance that Ryan Poles waits all the way until the very end to do this. That's what I mean. I don't think that's going to happen because if we can take anything from his statement yesterday, I think the sense I get is that he wants it to happen sooner than later. Last year, at this exact time, they moved on from the one pick, retained Justin Fields, traded effectively Bryce Young, and now they're reaping the the benefit of that. So I don't know that we're going to have an answer by the end of this week. But I do think Ryan Pills understands that the NFL calendar right now is his. For the next little bit less than two weeks, Ryan Pills controls the football world. Once everything else starts opening up to every other team, once uh, legal tampering begins, I do believe his leverage, at least in some sense, goes because teams will start to match quarterbacks to their rosters, and there might be other potential trades available too. We'll say maybe Geno Smith or fill-in-the-blank quarterback X, Y, or Z, Russell Wilson, Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett. There's going to be quarterbacks that change places, and teams aren't going to wait around for Justin Fields. Okay, so let me do one more thing. This came up in the midst of a, just a different conversation on Get Up this morning, and I was really interested in it, and I didn't have a chance to dive more deeply into it. So, Bubba, I want you to do two things. One, make a note, or Cam, put this in the rundown for tomorrow, that we revisit this conversation early. Second, Bubba, 
I just want you to name the best young quarterbacks in no order in the NFL. Just say their names. Just really, really, really top-level young quarterbacks in the NFL. Justin Herbert. Okay, keep going. Joe Burrow. Keep going. Mm, Josh Allen. Pat, Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, oh, we're so, just... So we're, yeah, How young just, are we talking? Yeah, uh, yeah. However young they are. The best good... Under the age of 30. The best quarterbacks in the NFL under the age of 30. Lamar Jackson. Brock. Jalen Hurts. Uh, Brock Jordan, Purdy. Jordan Love. Jordan Love, C. J. if Stroud. you want to include him. C.J. Stroud. Perfect. How about Dak Prescott? Put sure. his name in there. Do you know that if you take out Joe Burrow, not one of the people we just named was the first quarterback taken in their own draft. Forget about the first pick in that draft. Not one of them was the first quarterback taken in that draft. Justin Herbert wasn't. And not not only and, and Burrow isn't the only one who went ahead of him. Josh Allen was the third quarterback taken in his draft. Patrick Mahomes was was taken behind Mitchell Trubisky. Lamar Jackson, we know he was the last of, a, of five guys went in the first round. Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. Jordan Love went in the end of first round. A bunch of quarterbacks went ahead of him. C.J. Stroud went behind uh, the Alabama kid last year. Bryce Young. And, uh, and, and Brock Purdy, I guess I wrote him down. Oh, no, Dak Prescott. He was the fourth-round fourth, fourth, pick, yeah, fourth pick in a draft that had uh, Jared, Jared Goff, Goff Carson and, Wentz. and Carson Wentz. Yeah. My point is... Like this idea that you have to have the first pick to get the first quarterback or the best quarterback has actually proven itself to be the opposite of true. It's a great point. It's one well made, and it's something we have to remember over the next two months. We have created, you have created, you're hosting the draft now, for God's sake. We have created an NFL draft quarterback hype machine, and it's very profitable for us, and it's very interesting. These are very famous people. We've all seen them play in college, and the NFL draft process is not only so interesting, but so lengthy. And NFL teams get wrapped up in it too. Oftentimes, the best wisdom that you can exercise is preying upon others who feel that way. And I think that's why Ryan Poles, who I think is a really smart guy, just might trade that one pick and reap the benefit of that for years to come. It's the gutsy decision. We'll see if he has the guts to do it. So let's, let's expand on that. I have more thoughts on that. Let's do those. Early tomorrow, we also do that Mel thing we were going to do. We mm. save that for tomorrow on that. Again, Mel Kuyper's Mock 2.0 is up and it's available. There are some surprising things in here. If you look at this mock draft, he has, uh, I mean, he does not have the Jets taking an offensive lineman. He has wow. them taking the tight end, Brock Bowers from Georgia. He has J.C. Latham, the first uh, offensive lineman off the board. Some stuff that if you're a draft geek, you will find fascinating. And we'll talk about it tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.